the rivalry is back on. 1% better every day and 1-0. The set is the quarterback lined up behind center, takes a snap, going for a home run deep downfield, looking for T.Y. Hilton. Hilton makes the catch. He's at a 10, 5, stumbles in the end zone, touchdown. Both coming with pressure off the edge. Kenny Moore gets to Deshaun Watson. That's a sack for Kenny Moore. Kenny has a pick and now a sack in the game. Horseshoe is back, baby. The horseshoe is back. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Cody Felger Podcast. This is your boy, Derek Larger. Uh, Cody has entrusted myself, and Andrew's here with me as well. We're going to be talking about uh, the Colts' last game in week four against the Oakland Raiders, where the Colts fell uh, to a 31-24 defeat. There was a lot to talk about in this game. Uh, at that time, there really wasn't a lot to talk about because everyone was more filled with rage at that time. But now that I think 24 hours has gone by, the uh, the emotions have kind of dimmered down a little bit. So I think now we can start being a little bit more focused here on what were some of the positives and what were some of the negatives. I think we should start this one, Andrew, with a positive that I think we can uh, say here that Jacoby Brissett still looked pretty good despite that late pick six. I still believe that Jacoby Brissett actually played really well given uh, some of the things that happened in that due to the fact, obviously we know the drops, which we're going to talk about here soon. And uh, Jacoby Brissett did have a few throws that he was late on and a couple reads that he was definitely uh, not making, but we ultimately saw he was pretty accurate for most of the day, even despite the drops. And even after this horrendous game, He's still on the year at a 65 and a half completion percentage, uh, 10 touchdowns and only two interceptions with a 103 QBR rating. So still really good throughout the first four weeks. Uh, were there any other positives, Andrew, that you could possibly make out from this game other than Jacoby Brissett? Uh, unfortunately, no. <laughs> I think you pretty. I think you pretty much. Hit on all of those there, the, the very short list that is with Jacoby Brissett, who, as you said, looked pretty good yesterday despite that teeth-clenching, essentially game-sealing pick six. I mean, that touchdown to Eric Ebron late in the game and, and what we like to call garbage time, um, I mean, didn't really mean didn't really mean much of anything. Uh, and, he, and Eric Ebron said it himself, you know, he didn't play well. And, um, even after that touchdown, you know, it, I guess it didn't really mean anything to him. Um I mean, but but good things. I mean, I listened to a podcast from from Kevin Bowen this morning as he broke down the game. And I guess I'll just maybe piggyback off of one of the things that he said he really liked, which was the maybe the rookies uh, getting more playing time, which, you know, you, you could take that both ways. That could be really good because, you know, they're younger and they're going to need more experience and you could take that as bad because with the four or five rookies that were out there at one time yesterday, I mean, Derek Carr looked like a pro bowl quarterback and that's not an indictment on Carr. You know, people forget in 2016 before ironically he was injured against us, he was going on that MVP sort of season or had that MVP sort of season that was stripped away after, after the leg 
uh, Trent Carr, I believe, was the player that that unfortunately was the was the causer causer was the person that caused the the injury. But either way, the Colts defense, um, I mean, obviously didn't play very well, and and uh, I, there's not really many bright spots after yesterday. I mean, you know, going three and one. Into go, having a three and one record, I should say, going into Arrowhead was would have been huge, you know, because we we know what what Patrick Mahomes and Kansas City are are going to be, you know, we we know what what they're going to bring and what what their offense is going to look like, and I mean they shredded us in that divisional playoff game, uh, so I mean we'll have to we'll have to see where things go from here. Yeah, and and we'll kind of stick with the defensive side here. Um, now that you mentioned it. With all the injuries that we had in place, uh, obviously Darius Leonard still suffering from concussion-like symptoms. Most likely will be back and ready to go for Kansas City next week. Malik Hooker being out uh, and a lot of corners, uh, rookie corners, Rocky Sin and Quincy Wilson got a lot of playing time early in that game. For some reason, there just wasn't a lot of Kenny Moore and Pierre Desir early. But in that first 16 minutes, and I say 16 minutes because it was the first quarter and plus the first minute of the second quarter. The Raiders put up 21 points on us that quickly. I mean, it was almost, I mean, if it wasn't for the fumble inside their own 25-yard line, they, they scored three out of their first four drives for touchdowns. They could do no wrong. Derek Carr was absolutely shredding us. And I mean, he was picking apart the rookies. I mean, ultimately, you can uh, state the fact that we obviously didn't get a pass rush in that entire game. Uh, it sucks because the first two weeks we were number one in the NFL in sacks through the first two weeks, and then I believe it's now that the the Colts have had only one sack uh, through the f- last two weeks, which is completely unacceptable. Uh, and then obviously missing Darius Leonard was huge, especially in the run game. Josh Jacobs had 17 carries for 79 yards, almost five yards a carry on average. And he was getting anything he wanted. And Daryl Waller and Tyrell Williams were just lighting us up in any way that they wanted to. I don't know, Andrew, whether to really blame uh, the injuries as much or just a bad scheme. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I think this defense is still really bad and uh, kind of I kind of liked what you mentioned to us yesterday in the group chat. How remember the Jets week four or was a week five last year, how we just looked terrible on defense against the Jets of all teams, the Jets. And, and I think we can all agree that the Raiders are pretty decent offensively when any given week, if they so choose to be. But um you know, are we are we overreacting too much to this defense? Do you think it'll be another one of those situations where when they get healthy, they'll just they'll click late in the second half? Or is this really showing that Eberflus and this defensive staff really need to start picking up and devising a new system? Well, that's a good question, Derek. I think it's a little bit of both. I think first of all, when you look at the personnel, as you said. No Darius Leonard, uh, no Malik Hooker, the lack of playing time from cornerbacks Pierre Desir and Kenny Moore and more of Rocky Sin and Quincy Wilson. Uh, just as you, I was I was surprised to see that as well. Uh, but, and this is going to sound sort of 
like it's it's a cliche it is but you have to have the next man up mentality you have mm-hmm. to be able to despite not having Malik Hooker and Darius Leonard and some of your best defensive players on the field you have to be able to step up or have players that are capable I should say of stepping up in their absence and when you don't you have a result like you had yesterday where Derek Carr excuse me had all day to throw uh there was no pass rush I mean and the, the secondary was just getting torched constantly, as you mentioned, with Tyrell Williams and Wallers and Moreau and and whoever else you could really think of. Um, Trevor Davis, who had a 60-yard end around. I mean, my goodness, Anthony Walker and, and Bobby Okariki. I mean, they just – it was just – they they got fooled on the toss and Trevor Davis came around on the end around and he's quick. I think he's you know around a four three or something close to that at, at the combine when he before he was drafted. I mean he's you know he's quick, but it was just it was just an all around abysmal performance from the defense altogether. And I guess to answer your question, um, no, I'm not worried because I think Darius Leonard could be back within the next week or two. Um, and I think having him on the field, not as as a player, but as a leader, is it just means so much to this Colts defense and what he can bring and the amount of production that he has on a game-to-game basis. Malik Hooker, of course, is going to take some time, but I liked Kari Willis's play yesterday despite you know not the defense overall not playing very well. Uh, the one thing I will say that I am concerned with is the lack of a pass rush. And I think you sort of touched on it. So I won't go into too much detail, but let's, I want to point out a specific player in, in Danico Autry. And we looked at him being you, myself and, and Cody uh, over the last several months. And, and I'm sure other fans and Colts experts did as well. And they said, man, this guy's having a, a phenomenal training camp and he's playing really, really well. And so we expect great things from him. He played well last season and he, other than two sacks against Tennessee's offensive line, which come to think of it now doesn't really say much or mean much because you, you look at how decimated their offensive line is. He, he's had absolutely no impact. I mean, as you said, yeah. Josh Jacobs averaged almost five yards a carry. He was, I mean, he was, you could you could drive a truck through the kind of holes the Raiders' offensive line was creating, and and I'll give yeah. them credit because they did go out and they addressed some major issues on the offensive line. But um, when you when you just Derek Carr was I mean had all day to throw as I as I think I already mentioned the running game. Uh, I, I was listening to uh, the One Percent Better podcast from Stephen Holder and Zach Kiefer, and I think Stephen Holder said, "Don't quote me on this," but I think he said, um, and I think he said not to quote him on this, but that the Colts last he looked were ranked 31st in yards average per, or yards surrendered per carry, uh, which is horrible in the running game. Uh, yeah. It's just, it's just as you, as I said, it was just an abysmal performance. It was a performance like you had mentioned, Derek. I mentioned with the Jets game from last year where they gave up 42 points to the Jets that were eventually what that would go on to be four and 12. I mean, it was just, it, it is, I'll put it this way. Performance cannot happen again. Mistakes need to be cleaned up. And I think honestly, for the Colts to have a shot going into Kansas city, I think Darius Leonard, I think he needs to return. I think if he doesn't, and you have Bobby Okariki and Anthony Walker uh, in his place, I think that, that we could potentially be in for another, another long game. Yeah, and the rush defense has been a, a, a 
completely asinine so far through the first few weeks. Uh, Even though we haven't really given up a 100-yard rusher yet, we're still giving up way too many yards in the rush game. And there was yesterday where Marcus Hunt actually got taken out of the game and Grover Stewart was in place of him for a while to try and plug up some of those holes. And Danico Autry still wasn't getting much pressure. It's starting to get to the point where I start to think we might need to start opening the pocket for a defensive end, or even if not, try to get somebody in the draft that can actually get pressure. Because, I mean, let's face it, Justin Houston hasn't done anything since coming here, still hasn't done much. Uh, Danico Autry, other than the first two weeks, hasn't done much. Uh, Marcus Hunt hasn't gotten any pressure up the field. And um, unbelievably, Kamiko Ture didn't uh, play much yesterday, which was really odd because Frank Reich didn't mention anything about injury or anything like that. But you didn't see much of Ture until the end of the game. I was I I know it's probably because of Jabal Sheard. I know Sheard was getting his uh was getting some snaps in due to his return. But I mean, even then, like if Justin Houston wasn't getting any pressure, why wasn't Kamiko Ture being in? I think Kamiko Ture is a better pass rusher at this moment than Justin Houston has been. I just I, it's starting to get to the point where I'm starting to listen to these Colts fans say we need to open the pocketbooks or really need to start drafting a defensive end in the draft this year. I I mean, I'll tell you, I know that this is like almost impossible and I know Chris Ballard won't do this, but chase young from Ohio state. We need, we would, I would love to have that man on our defensive line come next year. He is a beast. He has nine sacks through the first five weeks this season. I mean, he's already on a, a complete player I would love to get him, but I'd know that Chris Ballard's not going to give up the draft picks for that. Um, but again, yeah, like we said, we wrapped it up how this the, the whole defense had an issue yesterday. And at least that's one positive thing that we can mention is just that everyone had a bad game. Uh, it's good to just kind of know, you know, if you're going to do bad, you might as well just have everybody be bad so you can just reset and just go on about your business and fix it for next week. Hopefully, like we mentioned, Darius Leonard's going to be back after this week. He was on the he was on the uh, sidelines today uh, or on Sunday before the game, jumping around, doing a bunch of stuff. I, I think he's okay. I just think they wanted to keep him out for one more week. But anyway, now that we kind of talked about the defense, let's shift to the offense here. And you mentioned already Eric Ebron, and that's kind of one of where I want to get into with the first thing here, and that is the drops. Well, I can't remember how many. It was six or seven in that game. So almost, I think, yeah, t- uh, Jacoby went 26 of 48 yesterday. So of the 22 pass, uh, 22 incompletions he had, seven of those were drops. I mean, and we saw Ebron drop uh, three of them. Uh, Paris had one. I think Dion had one, and a couple others uh, from here and there. It, it felt like 2018 all over again, and it, it really sucked. Uh, and it sucks now because T.Y. Hilton was obviously injured. We it, we can't underestimate just how good T.Y. Hilton is. 
And then you still don't have Devin Funches. That one hurts. And then Paris Campbell was out for part of the game due to an abdominal injury. We don't know if he's going to miss time or not now because of that. Marlon Mack got injured late in the game as well. And so right now, if you're not, if you take into account Paris Campbell could miss time and Marlon Mack might miss time now. The starting rotation now, the starting running back will be Jordan Wilkins in our backfield. Naeem Hines is still there. But our starting uh, tight ends are Deion, or starting receivers are, are Deion Kane, Jack Doyle, if he doesn't have a concussion from that perfect hit early in the game, Eric Ebron, who's been, who's, and, and I and I take and I don't want to be rude while saying this. He's been ineffective this year. He's not been a great part, pivotal part of this offense the way I wish he would be. And the the number two wide receiver on our on our team right now is Chester Rogers. And Rogers had a couple drops yesterday. And then Zach Pascal had uh had a pretty good game himself. But our fourth, fifth, and sixth wide receivers are now leading our team because our top three guys are hurt. And our tight, one of our tight ends hasn't been. Uh, both of our tight ends really haven't been pivotal part of parts of this uh, offense in the receiving game. It's. I know that I, I want to give injuries the benefit of the doubt here because we're, we had so much. But Andrew, that was just so difficult to watch yesterday and see all these drops, all these drops, and Brissett's throws were always on the money on these drops but they just kept dropping them yeah i you know and i'll touch on eric ebron for a minute myself i you know i want to point something out that i i remember back in week one where vinatieri of course he had his struggles and he left seven points on the field but i think people forget that was sort of overshadowed by the fact that eric ebron dropped a touchdown he dropped a touchdown that I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, that would have tied the game or would have given the Colts the lead. Mm-hmm. And so his drops date all the way back to 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 the first week. And I mean, he had that the shovel pass touchdown in Tennessee, and then he played really he played really well against Atlanta. He had several catches. He had a giant catch over the middle, a twenty or thirty plus yard completion, and it was just. It just wasn't his game. I, uh, I'll go back to what I kind of said earlier, referenced earlier. I was listening to a podcast, uh, Kevin Kevin's Corner from Kevin Bowen, one of the, the great Colts insiders. And he said that Eric Ebron uh, said he played like crap, except he didn't say crap. And he did. Mm-hmm. And uh, Kevin also said that, you know, Ebron looked like he belonged on, on the XFL or in the XFL, I should say. Mm-hmm. And he's not wrong because that's what killed him in Detroit. That's what, uh, yep. that's what allowed his career to hit rock bottom in Detroit was drops. He was the 10th overall pick and the Lions expected more out of him. Granted, I mean, they didn't have the greatest team around him and, and the offensive line and what have you. But as a tight end or as a receiver, your job is to catch the ball. And I, I agree with you, Derek. I, I looked at the yesterday's game and the first thing that popped in my head was we're back in 2018. Yep. And you can't blame Jacoby Brissett just like you couldn't blame Andrew Luck because Andrew Luck with last year was putting the ball right where he wanted it. And Jacoby Brissett had some really, really nice throws and was putting the ball exactly where you would expect it to be, you know, dictating the coverage from the Raiders. I mean, it was just, it was just 
I said it with the defense. I'll say it with the the, the offense. It was just uh, other than Jacoby Brissett, it was a abysmal performance from the offense as well. Both sides of the ball played horribly, and quite frankly, Derek, we deserved to lose. We did. Okay. We deserved to lose yesterday after that performance. Uh, now, if you were to come to me a week ago and say that Joe, Jacoby Brissett, excuse me, had 265 yards and three touchdowns and only one pick, and I, I would say based on those stats that there was a good chance that the Colts won based on his performance last week against Atlanta. Um, but when the, then if you continue to tell me that the defense had its struggles and the offense was dropping passes. And the other thing too, Derek, the, the running game, Marlon Mack had 39 yards of rushing. He had one of the best offensive lines in football. I mean, it was just, it was just an all around awful performance. And, and I can just, I'll just say this right now. If we don't clean things up, and T.Y. Hilton, not to rush him back. If he doesn't come back this week, and Darius Leonard doesn't come back this week, and we go out there and we give up 14 points to Kansas City, I mean, we were lucky. We were lucky to lose by seven in Oakland. And we could have yeah. easily lost by 14 or more. We Absolutely. do that to Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes, they're going to drop 50. They, mm-hmm. It's just the kind of offense that they have, even without Tyreek Hill. They still have Travis Kelsey. They still have Sammy Watkins, who's played lights out all season long. And people forget about McCole Hardman, who they drafted mm-hmm. uh, to sort of replace Tyreek Hill back when he was having his personal off-the-field issues. So, I mean, they have weapons. And Patrick Mahomes, of course, I mean, there was enough said. So, like I said, we go in and we make the same mistakes that we did this week. We're going we're gonna to get our butts kicked. Yeah, and you touched on the offensive line, and we'll touch on the offensive line real quick before we move into a couple other things to talk about. Uh, I wanted to save last for our criticism or praise of Brissett and then a few game-time situations uh, late in, uh, in the second quarter and then late in the game. But anyway, let's talk about the O-line first. Yeah, again, another game where early in the game, that first quarter – the O-line got dominated. O-line got dominated in every aspect of the game. They couldn't even protect Brissett. They couldn't even protect Brissett. They couldn't even move their defensive tackles out of the way. Marlon Mack was getting hit in the backfield for a three or four-yard loss every time he was running the football. It's it's terrible. The first week we had 200 yards. The next week we have another 150. And then in the Falcons, we have uh, around 100 yards, which is still okay, but it wasn't as good as what we expected. And then they have this uh, terrible performance blocking. And even for as bad as they blocked, Quentin Nelson and Anthony Costanzo were still the two highest graded players on our offense uh, for that whole game. I mean, that just shows just how bad the offense ran. And I mean, this offense has to get better at that. I know. um, I don't know how many times Jacoby was sacked. Um, I don't think it was that many, but I know he was sacked a few times, but I mean, this offensive line has to get more aggressive and they have to be better uh, on the offensive side when they're running the ball. I mean, we, this offense cannot uh, be operated effectively if they don't run the football. Jacoby Brissett is not good enough. I'm sorry, for as good as he's been, he's not good enough, like an Andrew Luck, to carry the team on his back and make things happen, especially with how this wide receiver group is right now and how banged up they are. 
They they can't they can't rely on the passing game right now like some other teams can. They have to be able to run the football because that is their biggest secret asset. But if they're unable to do that against teams like the Oakland Raiders who were 28th in rushing uh, defense at that time, I mean, what what can we do? I mean, you can't you can't expect uh, Jacoby Brissett to do it all. No, no, I I agree 100% with everything that you just said, Derek. I, you know, I mean, there's not really anything else to, to to even mention. As you said, it was just the offensive line has to pick it up. Now, I will say Jacoby Brissett um, wasn't sacked at all yesterday, but I'm not. You said that he was sacked a few times, and I'm not surprised. I'm, I'm sure you're not the only one based on that offensive line performance from yesterday. I, I promise you, you're probably not the only one that thought that because it was just as you as you, it was just downright terrible. It was terrible. It was one of the it, you know coming into the season, we thought that this was one of the best offensive lines of football, and they have been for the most part, as you mentioned, 200 plus yards of rushing uh, rushing the first week, 100 plus 150 plus, excuse me, the second week, you know, close to 100 the third week, and then the fourth week, you know, 39 for Marlon Mack. Um, I, I'm not sure what the total was, but Marlon Mack at 39. That's all I know. At this point, it doesn't even matter. I just, you know, Derek. Before we move on to our, our next, you know, segment here, there, there's one word that really just, in, in my opinion, that describes this entire game for the Colts, and it's unprepared. It's unprepared. I mean, that's that's there. There's no sugarcoating it. There's no other way to put it. It's just flat out being unprepared. And I think that's the first time since Frank Reich has been hired that I've, I've ever said that, you know, the Jets game was lot from last year was close, you know, obviously 34 to 42, I believe was the, was the final, but at least, you know, we, I can point out some defensive plays from that game last year that were a lot better than, you know, this mm-hmm. is yesterday's game. This is like I said, far and away, just unprepared, unprepared. Yeah. And and ironically, uh, Derek Carr was sacked one time yesterday and Brissett was actually not sacked in that game. Ironically, is that as crazy as that sounds? But in regards to the rushing before I move on to Brissett here. um, Yeah, so the team finished with 23 carries for 81 yards, the longest rush being 18 yards. And that was the uh, I believe it was the rush that Marlon Mack had when Justin Houston got that fumble and then the first play on offense, it was that first run by Mack. That was the longest run of the whole day. Uh, Mack finished with 11 carries for 39 yards. Brissett was the second leading rusher with five carries for 19 yards. So again, this rushing attack was terrible as we mentioned, but um, anyway, again, two Brissett here. Um, We mentioned already just how, you know, the numbers looked, Uh, Like you mentioned, 265 yards, three touchdowns, one interception. Those numbers are pretty good. Most quarterbacks will take that any given day of the week. But for as bad as your defense is playing, that's still not enough. But again, we mentioned uh, the 24 uh, completions for 46 attempts, seven of those incompletions being drops. So even if you take into account the drops, still 31 of 46, which, you know, is still okay, but it's still not great. Um, I saw a couple of throws that, you know, Brissett tried to go deep with Paris Campbell. Uh, I tweeted at it when I talked, uh, when I was watching the game, he threw a long ball to Paris Campbell. Two things happened on that play. One Paris Campbell gave up on the route. Uh, he gave up on the route af- halfway through it. And second, 
there were four defenders around Paris Campbell on that play. I'm sorry, but I don't think Paris Campbell's making that catch. Uh, there's, there's, there was a, still a lot of boneheaded throws that Brissett has made, and we we've all t- uh, seen uh, uh, footage and stuff of uh, Brissett missing easy throws that Andrew Luck would have made uh, when you talked about in the Falcons game when T.Y. Hilton was open down the field, but uh, Brissett hit Doyle in the flat rather than uh, T.Y. Hilton on the out route. Uh, That's been an issue so far, but Brissett has still been late on a lot of his progressions, still holding on to the ball a little bit too long at times. Uh, And I, I mean, that is a fair criticism uh, for Brissett right now. And I think we as fans just kind of got over over in the hype. We kind of took a step back and we thought, oh, Brissett's uh, been, you know, not making mistakes. So we're going to kind of ignore the fact that Brissett was, you know, missing these obvious throws or taking too long for, with his progressions. Uh, we, we Some of us have missed that. I've missed that sometimes. I mean, do you think it's fair to say that, you know, we as Colts fans kind of have the right to be a little concerned with maybe Brissett not being as quick to jump on these routes as he should be at this point? Yeah, of course. I, I think it's absolutely fair for multiple reasons. One, let me start with the interception from yesterday's game. Um and I know that's kind of maybe a bad place to start, but I'm going to start with that. And I'm going to start with it for this reason. When you go back and you look at the actual interception, you had just mentioned Derek, that Bursette has a tendency to maybe hold on the ball just somewhat too long. Um, and, and I think that's sort of what happened yesterday. I think there was a miscommunication between the route by Zach Pascal and it caused Brissett to maybe hold it a little longer than he wanted to. And he thought he had Pascal and the safety. Uh, I don't remember his name, but I mean, he, he read his eye. He read Brissett's eyes all the way. He saw where that ball was going. And obviously we, we know the end result, but I want to compare it to the, to his uh, only his other interception, excuse me, for, um, from the Tennessee game, that's what it was. I'm sorry, I couldn't think of the mm-hmm. game, but it was from the Tennessee game. And it was a very similar similar situation. Well, not situation, but it was a similar, very similar. A similar pass, you know, kind of a similar the, situation yes, where yeah. he had to throw the out route, but just threw it late. Right. He held on. To, exactly. He held on to it too long and he threw it late and it resulted in a pick. And, uh, uh, you know, Fortunately for the Colts, the first time around, it worked out because they ended up coming out with the win. Uh, unfortunately, this time around yesterday, it resulted in essentially, like I said, the game ceiling touchdown. Um, so, you know, Brissett overall, as you mentioned earlier, Derek, 10 touchdowns, two interceptions, a quarterback rating of 103. I mean, he has been every bit of phenomenal in the last four weeks. I mean, stepping in for Andrew Luck, mm-hmm. you know, uh, it's not easy. It's not easy. And, and I mean, you can imagine the, the amount of weight that has been put on his shoulders uh, since being being told that this is his team, you know, can you imagine two weeks before the season, your star quarterback just, you know, for whatever reason decides to decides to retire and you find out within, you know, a couple hours before the end of the third preseason game or fourth preseason game. I don't remember which it was the third, 
Um, the, that is, this is now your team. I mean, just yeah. imagine the amount of emotion that was going through. And like I said, the work has been put on his shoulders. And I think he, you know, th- th- we extended him uh, during the off season or during the off season, during the preseason, two years, 30 million. And I think so far he's, he's earned it. Um, now that's not to say that, that he's worth the six year, 105 million that we gave luck at one point um, yeah. or something close to that. He hasn't proven that yet, and it's and reason it's just too short of a sample size for me. It's four games in, um, you know. But if you you know go back to kind of the, the statement that I made earlier, if you would have told me that Bursette had a, a ten to touchdown or a ten to two touchdown interception ratio ratio, excuse me, with a one hundred two quarterback rating, and you would a, you would ask me how many wins I think the Colts would have, I'd say at least three or four. I, there's a, there is. Going back to the two losses, the overtime loss to the Chargers and the loss to the Oakland Raiders, mm-hmm. one or two plays, I think, made the difference in those games. In the first game, it was the drop touchdown by Eric Ebron and the missed extra points and field goals by Adam Vinatieri. And this last game for Bursette, it was the pick six. And then I think that you kind of mentioned it earlier, I think, Derek, was, was right before halftime. We were marching it down the field. We were down, I think it was 21 to 10. We get the ball to start the second half, and we were in field goal range, and Paris Campbell fumbles the ball. I mean, and that just completely strips any sort of momentum that we had going forward. And mm-hmm. it resulted in ultimately starting the second half, not getting off to a right start, two quick three and outs. The Raiders convert, uh, score points, and uh, it's just, you know, a lot of the blame for the, the two record needs to be less on Jacoby and more on the defense. You know, we touched on this way earlier with the defense being as bad as it's, as it's been, but Jacoby for, for what he's had to work with, as you mentioned, and that's not an indictment on these receivers like Zach Pascal and Chester Rogers, but we're, I'm just going to say what it is. They're, they're average. They're average receivers. You know, mm-hmm. they're, they're good, but they're, you know, they're, they're average. And, uh, you know, they obviously fit our scheme and what, what Frank Reich likes to do. There's a reason that they're on the team, but they're not a T.Y. Hilton. They're not a Devin Funches. They're not a Tyreek Hill or a Sammy Watkins or a Michael Thomas or an Odell Beckham Jr. They're not, you know? And so when you, when you have average receivers, it's when you have receivers that aren't elite, dropping passes, it's just it's a no-no you can't you can't do it you know it's yeah. it's hard enough to come by it's hard enough to come by elite receivers like i said like ty hill you know what have you that are really really solid obviously and catching the ball and running really solid routes and extending plays and moving the chains and on critical downs in the game uh but when you have as you mentioned earlier seven to eight drops and as I mentioned earlier with some of those throws that Brissett was making, I mean, they were just right on the money. You couldn't ask for the ball to be placed in a better spot. When you have the receivers and the tight ends dropping, you know, wide open passes, it was just – isn't to blame isn't to blame for that. And I think he's going to get yeah. better as the season goes on. I think once he gets yeah. T.Y. Hilton back and he sort of – excuse me, gets back that chemistry between he and Hilton – and I think Eric Ebron's going to clean up his act. I don't think we should just throw Eric Ebron in the trash just yet. Right. Um, you know, every every player has a bad day. Eric Ebron had a had a horrible day. He said it himself. It was horrible. Yeah. Um, so I think down the road, that's something to certainly keep an eye on. Uh, Bursette's play, that is. And I think that, like I said, once Hilton comes back, 
uh, and Eric Ebron sort of cleans up his act, and there were other receivers sort of clean up their acts as far as catching the ball is concerned. I think, I think, I think the the offense will be okay, and, and Jacoby Brissett will be okay too. Yeah, like you mentioned, it's the turnover or, and a couple of missed opportunities, which is one I want to get into here for the last few minutes before we end this podcast here. I mentioned how uh, Vinatieri missed that 57-yarder. Uh, I, I said on Twitter, I don't want to hear any Vinatieri slander for that because I know there are some Colts fans out there that will try and spin it because they'll say, oh, he missed it. Well, you know what? It was a 57-yarder, and about 90% of NFL kickers can't make that. And it was partially to blame for the Colts' offense's fault because they had plenty of time and resources to be able to get another 10 yards closer, and Vinatieri probably would have made it. But again, we're going to move on from that. Last thing I wanted to mention real quick, and Andrew, I'll let you have your thoughts on this here in a second. Uh, In that second quarter, the Colts out uh, out yardaged the Raiders 200 to about 30. That was the yardage difference in the second quarter. Second quarter, the Colts blew them out in yardage, but yet somehow couldn't close the lead. And then the ironic thing is, in the last five drives for the Oakland Raiders on offense of that game, punt, punt, field goal, punt, punt. So... Five uh, five drives where they only scored three points, yet somehow, some way, we couldn't capitalize on that. We're, I've been saying all the time how we don't shoot ourselves in the foot, and that's how we're winning these games. Well, this time we didn't capitalize on things that were going wrong for the Raiders, and that's ultimately why we lost this game, because we didn't capitalize. And again, injuries had a lot to do with it, I know, but you have to overcome that. And when the when the enemy gives you a chance to beat them, you take it and you have to take advantage of that. Andrew, what's your quick thoughts on when I tell you that, how in the second and fourth quarters, the, the Colts had every opportunity to win this game and they couldn't do it. I'll just go back to what you said earlier, Derek, with missed opportunities, the Paris Campbell fumble that I mentioned earlier, the, even though it was a long field goal, the 57 yard field goal that Vinatieri missed. And that's not the dog on him because he's been absolutely phenomenal the last couple of weeks. I think he's made every field goal and extra point over the last two weeks, uh, obviously excluding the 57 yarder, of course. But when you just, when when, they, when you say they outgained the, the Colts did the Raiders and yardage, um, you know, by, by a wide margin. I mean, it's just, it just boils down to just a lack of, of, execution by the offense the lack of the running game the passing game not being there uh obviously and then you know as you mentioned by by the time the fourth quarter came around you know with six minutes and some change left Colts were down 14 points and it was it was too little too late you know it was just it was too little too late and you had opportunities and you you squandered them uh by however fumbles and missed field goals and what have you and then obviously the light pick six uh mm-hmm. you know of course that 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 ended the game we were trying to or the offense I should say was trying to go down and 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 tie the game and they just it's just that's what it boils down to is just missed opportunities yep it's pretty much it and that's something that the Colts will have to get uh 
we'll have to capitalize on for next week and for next weeks to come. All right. Absolutely. So that is it for the uh, Cody Felger podcast. Thank you all very much for listening. We hope you enjoyed. Uh, we will definitely be back later this week as we do our preview for the matchup against the Kansas City Chiefs for week five before we go into our bye. Again, Andrew's with me. Thank you again, Andrew. Uh, thank you guys so much again for listening. Uh, we appreciate the support. And as always, go Colts. All right, turn off.